and I was sitting in that audience and Jason Fried from uh, Basecamp was was speaking, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Mitch Kapoor who built Lotus Notes, you know, the guy uh, who built Gmail. It was just an incredible lineup of people. And then afterwards, I was having a, a pizza and beer with, um, you know, all these guys that I, you know, only read about. And uh, then and then we went to a party at Airbnb when it was small, Dropbox when it was, you know, small. And uh, I, I guess I just kind of decided this is what I want to do. You know, this is the next stage. G'day folks, Troy Dean here and welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. I'm very excited to bring you this episode because we are talking about cash flow which I know might not be the sexiest topic. Uh, However, it is very important, and I actually do think it's quite an exciting topic these days because it allows me to sleep easy at night knowing that we are growing our business sustainably. My guest this week is Colin Hewitt, who is the co-founder of Float App, which is a cash flow projection tool that plugs into Xero or QuickBooks Online. It takes all of your data out of those applications and presents you with a cash flow chart that tells you whether or not you're going to run out of money. And it allows you to spin up some very quick scenarios and say, hey, if we hire this person, if we buy that AppSumo deal, uh, if we sell that care plan, if we onboard that new client, How is it going to affect our cash flow over the next 3, 6, 12 months? I'm also very excited because these guys are offering you, our listeners here, 25% off your first three months with Float, which is an excellent deal. Uh, You just need to go to wpelevation.com slash float, F-L-O-A-T, wpelevation.com slash float to take advantage of that deal. Uh, A couple of things here. In this episode, you might notice uh, noise in the background Uh, at my end, of some ticking over, and that is our Facebook like counter. We have a physical Facebook like counter that is connected to our Facebook page, and every time someone likes us on Facebook, you can hear it going up, and we must have been doing something right because it is ticking over in the background. Uh, If you've ever watched us on Silence is Golden, you'll know what I'm talking about. You can see it in the background. Uh, If you haven't done that, by the way, check us out on Facebook or YouTube and you can see the episodes of Silence is Golden there. Uh, Also, somebody walks into Colin's room at the start of this interview and you can hear the door squeaking in the background, which is a, a little distracting just for a moment. But the reason Colin sounds so good and the reason you can hear that door in the background is because we sent him a microphone before the episode when he booked in on the podcast, we sent him a USB microphone. We sent him the Rode NT USB because we wanted to make sure he sounded great because we want to make sure we're producing excellent quality content for you guys. So um, that's a new initiative we've been trialing here and it seems to be working and he was very appreciative. All right, so without further ado, if you are growing your business and you or you want to grow your business or you're thinking about hiring staff or you want to get your head around what recurring revenue is going to mean to your business, then this is a very important episode and float is a very important tool that you should be getting your head around and that you should at least be taking for a spin to get to know how to use it it's very easy it's like a very sexy spreadsheet it does all the heavy lifting in the back end and in fact you'll learn why it kind of functions like a spreadsheet in this episode with colin so without further ado let's go and meet colin hewitt from float this is the wp elevation podcast helping wordpress consultants elevate Just before we get into this episode of the podcast, I have a quick favor to ask. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on iTunes at wpelevation.com slash iTunes 
Or if you're not an Apple user, you can get us on Stitcher Radio at wpelevation.com slash Stitcher. And please, if you are on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really does help us come up in the search results and get the show in front of a wider audience. And we love your feedback and we read all of the reviews. Thanks in advance. Now let's get back to the show. G'day folks, Troy Dane here on the WP Elevation podcast again, and I'm very pleased to have with me all the way from Edinburgh, Colin Hewitt from Float. Hey Colin, how you doing? Hey Troy, I'm good, thanks. Excellent. Up and early at them this morning. Yeah, what time of the day is it where you are? Uh, it's seven o'clock. So seven o'clock, it's, that's it's not too bad. It's not, too, uh, it's not too offensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've been trying to do this. This is like the third time we've tried to connect here the first time I had to cancel, unfortunately, the second time it got rescheduled too early and you just missed it in your calendar. But here we are, we're finally connected and I'm very excited. Um, for those that don't know anything about you and aren't sure what you do, please explain what is uh, who is Colin Hewitt and what is Float? Okay, so, uh, well, Colin Hewitt is um, uh, someone who's travelled over from Ireland to Scotland uh, and been here for 20 years um, and uh, absolutely fallen in love with the city uh, and uh, and we've made our home here and our family. Uh, we have um, Float is a, a product that started um, uh, about six years ago and uh, we've been working on it as a problem that we wanted to solve uh, passionately uh, since then. So it's been a real journey and uh, yeah, really happy to share a little bit about that. And for those that don't know, what is the, just at a high level, what is the problem that Float solves? Well, I I guess the story is that uh, I was running a, a business previously uh, and uh, moving through that evolution of trying to get a handle on our numbers. Uh, started with a notebook, then a spreadsheet, uh, and then just fi- finding that, you know, we're spending hours in the spreadsheet, you know, making a few mistakes here and there, which can be quite uh, stressful. And then finding yourself lying in bed at night wondering, you know, do we have enough cash in the bank, you know, based on who pays us when to make the payroll? Uh, so Float is trying to solve that problem, um, which I guess is generically known as cash flow forecasting. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, it's really about just building that sense of uh, the numbers that you can really rely on and, and, and sleep at night. Uh, now, what, what, what was the business that you were running and that was growing and that was causing some of these headaches? Uh, so after uni, I, I did computer science at university and uh, did a year's freelancing and then decided to start my own agency. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that kind of developed into uh, a digital agency, I guess. Um, and uh, we were doing brand, print, uh, but mostly we, were start, we started in the latter stages to build apps for people. Uh, so that's kind of the, the world I found myself in and, and really loved it. Awesome. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about Float and the problem it solves a little bit later on uh, because we are huge fans of it. It's been, it hasn't been, uh, it wasn't, lo- it was love at first sight, but it was a rocky road. And But now mm-hmm. we're settled into a bit of a groove and we're using Float on a regular basis. So I do want to talk more about that as we move through. But before we get Brilliant. there, you're running this agency, you're building apps mm-hmm. for clients. At this stage, mm-hmm. have you moved to Scotland at this stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I came over to Scotland at age 19. So. Right. Uh, and then I did uh, four years university, right. uh, did, did a year freelance and then started the agency. So yeah, I, I've, um, I've kind of never had a proper job. Uh, so 
<laughs> so that's been my uh, my story. Yeah. Probably completely unemployable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear you loud and clear that we're going to get along just fine. Um, and so you're in at this stage. You're like what mid twenties. You're in Scotland. You've got this agency. Uh, what makes you think that you can start a software company and and transition <clears throat> away from doing client projects? Because that's a pretty it's a pain in the ass, yeah. isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good story, actually. So um, we were we, we were fortunate enough. Edinburgh University actually started uh, like had a big amount of funding um, to build a, a um, something called Informatics Ventures, and the idea for that was to really try and launch some of the startups and and commercialize some of the tech that was coming out um, of the university, and. Uh, so we got involved in building uh, some products, uh, even just some marketing uh, materials for some of those companies that were on there, almost like an incubator. And uh, that kind of opened, I guess it was partly just the time, you know, you find yourself in the middle of this. Um, there was a thing uh, called Tech Meetup that started around the same time. And I was friends with one of the guys who was organizing that. So you find yourself going along, uh, connecting with all these uh, people here interested in startups and tech. And, and I'd followed very closely the guys over at 37 Signals or Basecamp um, on, on their journey. And then one of them had been over in, one of the guys that I knew had been over in San Francisco at a, a conference called Startup School, which is run by Y Combinator. Mm-hmm. And I literally on a whim applied to go to that one day conference in Berkeley, California. Um, and it got accepted and I almost fell off my chair, um, because I sort of, you had to fill in quite a long application form. And so I decided I'm going and, uh, and, and I was sitting in that audience and Jason Freed from, uh, Basecamp was, was speaking, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Mitch Kapoor, who built Lotus Notes, you know, the guy, uh, who built Gmail. It was just an incredible line of people. And then afterwards, um, I was having a, a pizza and beer with, um, you know, all these guys that I, you know, only read about. And, uh, then, and then we went to a party at Airbnb when it was small Dropbox when it was, you know, small. And, uh, I, I guess I just kind of decided this is what I want to do. You know, this is the next stage. And it, it sort of felt all of a sudden, you know, the thought of having to run a, a, a web company or a, an app that you provided uh, service to global customers three or four years before that would have felt, you know, huge. Mm. You would have the technology that you would need the servers. And all of a sudden it was, it was kind of like, yeah, I think we could do that now. You know, we just hire space and upload the app and it, it, it kind of became a lot easier. Mm. So I think we were just at the right time uh, where it felt like we've got the, we've got the knowledge to build and, and produce uh, software online. And the hosting became so affordable that it almost just became like, let's do this. Mm. Uh, and so that was where the idea was born for me. And I came back and I spoke to a guy who I thought would be a good co-founder. And he eventually decided to leave his job and come and do it. So, um, but it was, a, it was a slow, um, you know, journey from a little seed into what it is now. Um, did you, I mean, this is a leading question, and, hmm. but I mean, you know, <laughs> You must have had many a time where you felt the pressure of making this successful and making it work. You've mm-hmm. got a co-founder who's quit his job to come work with you. Mm-hmm. You can, mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine you're hiring staff in the early days as you start to grow. Um, how do you? What, what, what's the the mindset? Do you think to keep going 
you know, knowing that you've got this extra responsibility that these people are getting behind you and getting behind your vision. I mean, you kind of put yourself in a corner and you, there's no way mm. out, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've, I've thought about that before. And I think one of the things for me is just that that sense of this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. Um, this feels right. And it feels like it's, it's a personal development journey regardless. Yeah. So being comfortable with the unknown is something that I think you have to have if, if you need that certainty and you need that sense of uh, what's really going to happen tomorrow, then it's it's very difficult to, <laughs> to keep going in that because you just don't have it. But I think I realized early on I can live with the uncertainty. Mm. And it, the, inter- the sort of in- interesting dovetail for this is that uh, financially, my story was that I'd been I came out of university with some debt. Um, I couldn't, it, it was really annoying me that I couldn't get out of my overdraft with the, with the bank. So I'd really, um, and I can talk more about this, but I'd really worked hard to get out of debt and get us into a place where, uh, you know, personally I had a little bit more sense of control over my finances mm. and I knew what I could live on. And that once that wasn't spiraling out of control, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, brought a bit of stability for the uncertainty of running a business. A hundred percent. I, you know, came from a sort of middle, sort of, you know, middle working class family. Uh, no one in my family was in business. I dropped out of university after a few months and kind of faffed about for, you know, playing in bands and kind of doing artistic endeavours, as I called them, which basically meant, you know, drinking a lot and not having much responsibility for a few years and was really kind of wandering around the planet a bit lost. And I hit my early 30s and had nothing. Like I had debt, I had no money. Um, I was I was in complete denial about the idea of, you know, personal budgeting, let alone company budgeting. Yeah. And I since then, since I, I kind of realised one day I got bored one day with with having to pay bills for paying shit late, like paying my tax late. You then have mm. to pay penalties on mm. your tax. I'd be like, this mm. is boring and it's my own fault. So I made a decision to get on top of it. And since then, I li- I've lived with a couple of housemates over the years who were completely clueless, and I've watched them get I've watched them get crippled by financial pressure. It's the mm. worst kind of pressure. Mm. Why do you think most people just stick their head in the sand and hope it's going to go away? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I think it's just one of those things where it feels like you, uh, you know, it's a long-term problem that you have to you have to sort of fundamentally change something in order to get right. Mm. It, it's not the sort of thing that in the short term is, is going to just be solved by a quick, um, you know, stop buying, you know, a latte every day in Starbucks or something. <laughs> it's it's something core that has to change in your behavior. Mm. So I think. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not easy. Um, um, but for me, it was kind of like, I think I knew that I couldn't, the two things, it's very difficult for those two things to coexist, that, that feeling that you can't pay the bills and you're, you know, you're running a business, which you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, maybe some people can deal with that. I'm sure there are some people who, who can and make it work. Mm. But at the same time, I think wanting to move towards having a family and wanting towards, uh, you know, being being rooted and established, and and, and having a sense of calm, yeah. uh, as much as possible. For me, that was one of the things that I, I thought there must be a way to crack this. Yeah. Um, because you know, I'm not spending ridiculously. Uh, it's just, you know, these little things keep coming up, and what's the deal? So, mm. 
Yeah, I actually read a book. I'm not sure what point I read a book called The Money Secret. And the basic principle is spend a pound less than you earn or spend a dollar less than you earn. Uh, and, uh, you know, you'll it'll work out for you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so for me, it was just figuring that out over the long term. Like, how can I make sure that I'm spending less than I'm bringing in? Mm. And, you know, when you plot that out in a graph, it looks pretty good after a number of years. So, yeah. Um, and if you and if you go the other way, it starts to go into um, a descent, which is doesn't end well. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I, uh, I think um, my approach to the reason we found Float is because um, when when our business started having some success and we started getting some uh, cash in the bank, uh, I realized that the way to grow this business really quickly is to spend money to grow. You know, you've got to spend yeah. money to grow a business. So I'm very trigger I'm very trigger happy as my business partner will tell you. I'm like I buy everything all the time, everywhere and from anyone. I'm a really easy sell. Mm. Uh, but but I'm always buying things and investing in the business to help grow the business. And mm. so my mindset is I don't want to ever spend money and then have a little panic attack about it, right? Mm. I want to mm. know that it's budgeted mm. I want to mm. see if I spend this money now and hire this person now and buy this equipment now and invest in this infrastructure now that in six months' time we're not going to hit the wall. And that's yeah. that's how I found Float. So just for those that oh, – let me give you the, the dumbed-down version. We use Zero as our accounting program, right, which – I have a love-hate relationship with because the reporting in Zero is woeful and it's really difficult to predict your cash flow based on the data in Zero. You, you basically have to, you know, fire up a Google sheet, which is exactly what I did. I fired up a Google sheet. I said, right, how much money we got in the ca- how much money we got in the bank at the moment? Here's what we got in the bank. What are we expected to earn in the next month? This much. What are we expected to spend? This much. What's the closing balance? Carry that forward to the next month. Opening balance. Rinse and repeat course it doesn't quite it's not quite that simple and like you you end up spending weeks of your life in a spreadsheet and lying awake at night wondering whether or not you got the formulas right because if you got yeah. that formula wrong by half a percent yeah. you're screwing yourself and you don't even mm-hmm. know it until it's yeah. too late right so yeah we went looking for all these different cash flow solutions um there are a bunch of different solutions i want to just for those people listening who are you know either freelancers or entrepreneurs what is the distinction between a straight cash flow uh, projection app like Float and something like three-way forecasting, which forecasts not only cash flow but profit loss and, and balance sheet. Why is what you know what what is what's the key differentiator there? Just so people know. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So, the, I guess in in accounting world, uh, you always do three-way forecasts. So you're, you you budget on a P and L, which is um, when you expect uh, when you when the the revenue or, or, or the um, the bills are recognized. So, uh, you might pay your rent in February, but your invoice for it in January. So in the P and L it goes in January. Mm. Um, you might make a sale in, in February, but you're going to get the cash in April. Um, so that's the way, you know, if you're doing longer term planning, you obviously you start from that point of view so you can figure out your taxes and everything. But I guess from my approach, I, you know, I wasn't an accountant and I just thought, you know, I'm making this amount, I'm bringing this amount in. This is when I pay my rent. This is when I want to see the cash going out of the bank. Uh, and, and just by, we find that when you bring in, if you to, to try and explain to somebody what should, what should go on the balance sheet, what should go on the P&L, um, and how that relates to your cash flow, it's really complicated. Mm. And and we just thought it doesn't have to be complicated because, you know, most people just want to see the cash. Um, 
and there wasn't any kind of tools for that. So that's mm. we felt like, uh, you know, we don't want to have to take people through uh, an accounting qualification to be able to understand if they can pay their bills. Yeah. Um, the other thing about a three-way forecast that it doesn't do is it doesn't take into consideration uh, a bill or an invoice that's sitting in your in your system that. Um, it that wasn't part of the budget because it's it doesn't really you know know how to think about those kind of short term things. So that's called a uh, it's the P and L method is sort of indirect forecasting, and the cash flow method that we use is called direct, mm. which takes into consideration every single invoice and bill uh, with it on the expected date that that's going to be paid. Um, and so that's the kind of technical term for it. But for most people out there, it's just nice to think when they pay my rent. When they make payroll, uh, when to tax you, um, and and it's trying to boil it down into its absolute simplest form. Yeah, uh, which is exactly why I went looking for it because we, you know, we're kind of still deep down the 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 rabbit hole with some other apps that do three way forecasting. But I think mm-hmm. it's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a conversation that you sit down and you have that conversation quarterly with your CFO or your mm-hmm. board, and you say, "Hey, this is how the PL is being affected. This is how the loan accounts of the directors are being affected. This is how retained earnings is being affected." But that doesn't help me know. Hey, if I if we want to hire someone, which has been through this process recently, and Float has been such an integral part of the meetings that I've been having with my business partner. So what happens is we'll look at Float and we'll say, right, we want to hire someone. We want to hire a couple of people. You know, let's say we're going to increase wages by one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year over the next twelve months. Let's put that in the budget now in Float and see how mm-hmm. it's going to affect our bank balance in six months' time. Mm-hmm. And then let's. So my approach always is let's sell whatever we need to sell to pay for whatever we need to pay for to grow the business. Right. I'm really I'm bad at cutting spending. Ask my wife. She's mm-hmm. you know, she's um you know I'm really bad at cutting spending. I'm like let's just go earn more money so we can pay for everything that we're spending. Right. So I, I that's why. I look at float and what float does is it gives us a snapshot straight away that okay houston we've got a problem here uh mm-hmm. we need to address this then we can start drilling down into some more details and we can start getting the advice that we need to get from the people who we're surrounding ourselves with but initially i, I there was no way for me to say if we you know the thing about float is the ability to plug in scenarios and say well here's our base scenario set up but what if we did this and what if we did this and what if there's what if the shit hits the fan and our sales, you know, drop? What happens then to our cash flow and where can we cut spending if we need to? So the ability mm. to plug in those scenarios gives us an instant snapshot within really within like half an hour we can kind of determine where we're going and if we're going to, uh, you know, fly off track. And so for us, the 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 workflow has um, become – and this is something I learned from your support team when we first started using Float – um, as I said, we we sort of started using Float and we had a, some Braxton Hicks. We had some some false starts with it because we didn't know what we were doing. And then we got some advice mm-hmm. from your support team, which was like, like, do the budget once in zero, import it into Float, and then do your budgeting in Float. It's not mm-hmm. a two-way sync. Just do your mm-hmm. budgeting in Float because mm-hmm. it gives you mm-hmm. the, the updates. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing now. And um, it's been a game changer. Uh, it's mm-hmm. Most people don't look at this stuff. Most people just pretend it's not going to happen. Um, mm. But I, you know, I'm sorry, I'm off script here, but I'm here to tell people you've got to look at this stuff. It's important mm. because it allows you to sleep easy at night knowing mm. that, well, we can't do that because if we do, we're going to run out of money. Mm. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, it's really it's it's great to hear that, you know, because I think it's it's been interesting going on the on the on the journey, because when we started with the first version of Float, uh, 
it was so complicated um, based on it was based on my spreadsheet. And that was a, I said to my co-founder, you know, like, just build the spreadsheet, um, put it online and it'll be fine. And, uh, you know, it, we realized that you you know, trying to take what's in your head and then building a system that, you know, anybody can just pick up and use mm. is not easy. And uh, we've had to kind of really work at how do we make this a system that somebody who's coming to it for the first time is going to be able to adopt. And then somebody who started to, to, to get a bit further down the line is going to have the, the control and and, uh, and the advanced functionality that they, they need to make it work for them as well. So it's really... Uh, um, it's really tough, but I think we're we're landing on something uh, more and more that 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 feels like we want the everyday person to be able to pick it up with no financial experience and 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 get that sense of control in their business. So mm. we're working on it. And you've been obviously following the guys from Thirty Seven Signals, which will give you some uh, good advice around. You know, yeah, I love one of the things they say, like you know, you don't need to write everything down because if a good idea is a good idea, it's going to keep coming up in meetings and you exactly. won't be able to get away from it. So just, yeah, you yeah. know, that whole backlog of yeah. ideas, just, you know, deleted. It's just taken up mental space. <laughs> um, how, a couple of questions. How did you qualify or quantify the need for this before you started to build it? Or did you just build it and then hope that they would come? <laughs> yeah, probably more the latter, to be honest. <laughs> and, and in hindsight, you know, obviously I would, uh, when people come to me now and they say I've got an idea, I'd always start there um, because it, it's so much. But I think you you know what you, you only know what you know, and uh, um, it's easy to look back. And I think uh, for for us, we just felt passionately like this is a problem. And you know, probably the overriding thing was we wanted to make we we wanted to jump on this journey and and, and get started. And um, we figured out. Well, when we started, Zero had about 20,000 customers. So people told us there wasn't even a market for it. Mm. Um, wow, is that right? They've got over, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was that was, um, gosh, back in like 2010. So it was early days um, for the online accounting space. And there was a big question as, will people move to the cloud? You know, so... Um, <laughs> So we were lucky to get a, to get in early and start solving the problem early. So, um, yeah, I think you know we've um, it's been it's been really interesting to 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 get to have time to start to figure that stuff out and and, and spend time with customers and then qu try and quantify the problem because I think we've realised that you know small businesses freelancers they're never going to really take the time to do this stuff mm. it's it's only when you get to a certain point like you say when you're mm. growing your business or you, you've got a payroll or or a board yeah. that are asking all the time where's the cash flow yeah. um that it becomes a problem so we so that helps us target our our feedback and not listen to feedback from every customer because yeah. um you know as much as we'd like to build a product that works for everyone you, it's not really a way to to go about it's it not. in the early days no you've so. got to know your sweet spot um i mm -hmm. what i think float is essential if you're thinking about hiring new staff even yes. if you're just starting out and you want to bring on your first team member i think running mm -hmm. some scenarios through float is absolutely critical mm -hmm. it's a sanity check mm -hmm. really um you also integrate with other online accounting platforms other than zero right mm -hmm. yeah well we started with one based in edinburgh called free agent i don't know mm -hmm. if you've come across yeah, that um, free agent was the first online accounting right. platform that i ever used before right. zero yeah yeah um, and those guys have just been acquired now by uh, RBS and one of the big banks in, in Scotland. Wow. So 
Um, but they, uh, yeah, they, we met with them and said, look, we love the product. It does everything um, that we needed to do. Um, it just doesn't have the future uh, look. And they said, well, we've got an API, so uh, knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. And uh but then we realized, yeah, Reagent wasn't quite right for us because it was mostly 90% contractors and, yeah. s- and very small businesses. Yeah. Um, and Zero was kind of coming into that space of slightly larger businesses. So we did Zero. And then uh, I think when you look to the US, you've got to acknowledge like, you know, QuickBooks is the mm. is the gorilla in the room. So, but, but QuickBooks didn't have, you know, QuickBooks was desktop for a long time. So mm. they had a very, very basic QuickBooks online product. And, and really it's in the last couple of years where they really invested into making that. Um, I think they looked, they saw zero coming into the US and they realized, you know, we can't, you know, if we don't get a move on here, we're going to be extinct. So, yeah. um, so they've really done a lot of work in, into their product and, and we support that as well. So those are the main ones. Um, that we're, we're working on at the moment. Cheeky question here, and I think I might know the answer before I ask it, but diversifying like that, do you think that dilutes your chances of a big acquisition at some point? Uh, no, I, I don't. It's, it feels to me like, um, you know, we looked at it, you know, we did think, you know, certainly we think acquisition is something we have to think about. Um, and uh, But Zero aren't buying that many companies. Um and actually into it, we're doing a lot more in that space. Mm. Um, so I, I don't think, um, I mean, we're not set on that being our, that's not our primary uh, focus at, at the moment, but certainly it feels like the more uh, the more options you have yeah. um, and the more diverse platform you have, it, it's actually much better. So really, I think we'd, we'd like to do more integrations and just be, a, you know, not exclude any of them. It's just resource wise at the moment trying to support, you know, five platforms would be, you're spending a lot of time on that and the intricacies of just those things rather than just there's a big enough market right now for us with those two platforms that, that feels feels healthy. But yeah, I don't think there's there's definitely, um, uh, yeah, it's when it was just zero, it was very easy because it was, you know, we zero are our, we're our main partner. Now we've got another one. Um, we're, we're kind of, um, we're not monogamous anymore <laughs> uh, in that way. But yeah, uh, yeah it's, it, 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 that is the reality and that's the, that's the world. And um, they've both been very warm and, and good to us. So um, it's, it, you know, we do our best. What's the, uh, what's the biggest thing keeping you awake at night at the moment about the business? Uh, probably hiring actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we're, um, we're at that point now where we're 20 people in the business and uh, we're we've um, we're really looking for somebody to come in and lead our uh, commercial side of things on our um, so we're hiring a chief commercial officer and we're mm-hmm. also hiring a um, chief operating officer which we haven't had before mm-hmm. um, to come in and really just I guess give me a bit of more capacity to do more uh, stuff out there uh, like this um, yeah, yeah. and not have to be uh, head down in the operational side of things. Yeah. So Ops is a pain um, in the ass, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'm really looking forward to that, uh, that hire. Um, but yeah, having those two and then, you know, it's big decision and we're in sort of short lists for those at the moment. And yeah. uh, it's not keeping me awake at night, but it's definitely the thing that I, I'm really looking forward to getting that, that one solved and uh, getting those folks into the business and, and getting started. Um, 
yeah, that's that's one of the ones. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, um, yeah, I think you know you're always thinking in tech companies. You're always thinking about your culture. Um, are people happy? Are we creating a good space? Or am I painfully unaware of you know that people are unhappy? Or and I think you know so. I, I think people are, I think we're, it's, it's a great, um, we've, we've got a great culture and float and, uh, you know, I just, I'm really enjoying working with all those people at the moment. And I, th- and I think they're really enjoying working, um, working for us as well. So it's a, it's a nice mix, but I think those are sort of the things where, uh, it's sent when you're starting an early company, it's sensitive and, and, and getting that healthy culture in the office mm. is hugely important. So those are kind of big things for mm. me and you guys all do work out of an office don't you yeah 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 yeah, yeah it's something that we decided early on that um and i was listening to uh des trainer from intercom um i don't know if you're familiar with that product but mm, they yeah, um, we use intercom speaking um at a conference in edinburgh a few weeks ago and said you know if there's something about sit, sitting down with a few guys uh or girls in a room and and sitting around a whiteboard or standing around a whiteboard and actually that that no technology has ever kind of replaced yeah. and I think we're still at that point with the product where every day you see people standing at a whiteboard really trying to understand and you see product and design and support all talking to engineers uh, and marketing and, and sales all working together and it's just it feels like Right now, for us, um, that co-location thing is is vital to the, the kind of problem solving that we're doing. Yeah, awesome. Um, and, so, and we're not opposed to it, but I think we're lucky in Edinburgh that space isn't uh, as pre- at a premium as it would be in somewhere like London. Uh, so we can kind of make it work. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Well, uh, hey, big heartfelt thanks for everything you've done at Float because you've definitely made an impact on this little business over here and uh, we'll keep spreading the word as much as we can. Um, And for those listening, where can they reach out and get in touch with you guys? So our website is floatappapp.com. So floatapp.com. And uh, yeah, we've got live chat on the site. Um, You know, we'd love to to say hello and and, and give you a demo of the product. So we're actually going to be out in Australia in in a few weeks uh, for ZeroCon. Oh, cool. So we're bringing uh, five people out. One of our guys is we're thinking about setting up an office out there. So um, we're going to be in Brisbane and Sydney uh at least and um yeah i'm really looking forward to getting out there oh if you get an opportunity you've never been to australia before yeah yeah i was over we we actually launched float um in in um melbourne i think or sydney sydney uh zero con and we won best emerging add-on and that was huge for us so it was it was a it was a wonderful awesome. <laughs> first trip out to australia great where, well, you, where get, are you based we're, we're based in melbourne i was gonna say if you get an opportunity oh, okay. man come down to come down to melbourne yeah. and we'll uh well it's it's very possible so i'm just looking at the, the schedule at the moment so uh, yeah we'll come and cool. say hello awesome Keep us in the loop. All right. Well, Colin from Float, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll send a bunch of people over to check out the Float app there and keep up the good work. Awesome. Thanks, Troy. Good to, good to meet you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast as much as I did. And please get on over to wpelevation.com slash float 
and take the Float app for a spin for 25% off your first three months. It will make a huge difference. And you can use this tool to start making a difference in your clients' businesses by giving them some high-level advice around uh, how they should be managing their cash flow. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. Leave us a rating and a review. It does really help us come up in the search results and get the podcast in front of a wider audience. And you can hit us up at Stitcher Radio at wpelevation.com slash Stitcher. I'll talk to you again next week on the show. Until then, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate.